0: I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but it is time. It's time for a new year. If you wrote a check this morning, my question is, what date did you put on it? Were the last two numbers 22 or 23? I'm proud to say I put 23. Now, you youngins who don't know how to write checks, don't worry about it. For those of us who still write them occasionally, my guess is my next one will say 22. But I was focused on that first one. See, what we focus on makes a difference. In fact, we often ask the question, don't we? How did I get here? Now, that's scary if you're driving. But when it comes to life, it's a a normal and appropriate question. How did I get here? Why is this happening? Quite often the answer is found in looking at and examining your habits. Show me your habits. I'll show you how you got here. Show me your habits and I can even predict what's going to happen next. So the truth is, if I want to change where I am or where I'm going, I got to change some habits. And it's time. And it's time on the first day of the year to look at how to have a better year. Now, I've rarely been accused of being a wise man. Certainly not one of the wise men. But I do study them and understand some things. And this morning we're looking at the fact that it's time For a wise new year. To follow the wisdom of scripture as we certainly always try to do. But especially this morning to look at the wise men say, well, the Christmas series ended last week. Yes, it did, but the principles don't change. So this morning, if you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices or reaching under the seat in front of you, I invite you to turn with me into the gospel of Matthew chapter two as we look at the wise men at the back end of the Christmas story. And we're looking at lessons that we can learn, lessons learned from the wise men. You see, if I wanna live wiser, I need to look at those who are wise and how they've lived. It's kind of like when I was growing up and playing ball and wanting to get better, I generally looked for people who were better than me to see what they were doing. I didn't want to look at people that were worse than me because I didn't want to learn those habits. It's true in any area. A good musician is not going to listen to a bad musician and get better. They need to Learn from those who have gone ahead and are doing it well or have done it well. And that's what we have this morning is the wise men. They came in a little late to the party compared to the shepherds. But they teach us a lot. In Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Lessons from the wise men. They came later, but not late. They came when God desired for them to be there. And my goal is always to be where God wants me to be when he wants me to be there. Sometimes it seems late to me. But it's on time when it's God's time. And it's time we learned these lessons. Lesson number one. Look for the signs of God's will. These wise men had been watching verses one and two. It says, after Jesus was born, they came to Jerusalem and they said, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose. They were following the star. It was a sign that they had been given. They knew it was from God. So they were looking for the signs of God's will and it's a real basic principle you can't see the signs if you aren't looking if you're not looking for it you're not likely to see it we traveled to michigan this week to see some grandkids as well as our daughter and son-in-law there were signs we were looking for it's a path we've done a few times so we kind of know it but things change sometimes and so you're watching for those signs and If you're not watching, especially in certain uh, parts, it's easy to miss that sign. And I'm not too proud to admit I missed one of those. I think only one. It's the only one I'll admit to. But we need to be looking. If we're not looking, we're not going to see it. You say, well, I'm looking and I still miss them." That may happen, but not for long because God will continue to correct if you are earnestly seeking His will. We need to look in this new year for the signs of God's will. What is his desire? I've listed a whole bunch of stuff that I'm looking forward to this year. But I haven't put the list out yet because I'm still praying through it to make sure it's not just my list. Because here's what I've discovered. When it's my list, it usually stinks. When it's his list, it's always right. Now, the key is for me to get so close to God and so in tune with his will that my list and his list are the same. But be looking for the signs of God's will. What is he showing you? Ask, find out what God is already doing and join in there. So the question this morning is, where are you looking? What are you looking for? If we don't ever look up, we're never going to get anywhere. If we don't ever look out, we're never going to see what God has for us. Lesson one, look for the signs of God's will. Lesson two, listen to God, or for God's direction, even when he gives a change in plans. I don't know about you, but aren't you sometimes surprised when God changes plans? Because the easy thing to do and the thing that many people will accuse you of is missing his plan. He may have just given a change or what we thought was a change. We're sure we're supposed to do this. And sometimes he doesn't tell us in a little while I'm going to change it because we couldn't handle that. I mean, think back just over this last year. If last January 1, God would have told you and shown you everything that was going to happen in the last 12 months, what would you have done? Not gotten out of bed. I mean, pull the covers up and go, I don't think so. Let alone the last five years. But God has this plan if we're looking for the signs of his will and we're following that. But then we need to be listening for God's direction. The wise men followed the star to Jerusalem. They thought Jesus was there. He wasn't. So for them, it was a change of plan, not to God, but to us. It would have been a change in plans. We need to listen for his direction, especially when there are changes to what we thought the direction and the plans were. Verse 12 says, Being warned in the dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another route. Now you and I all know someone, maybe you're that someone, who likes to just take different routes to take different routes, to see different things. And it always drives whoever else is in the vehicle crazy. Because rarely do two people who think like that ever get together. Well, why are you going this way? I thought we'd take a different route. To the person who has their list and their plan and it's not on the GPS, In the old days, it wasn't on the map. It wasn't on the printed map of MapQuest. Oh man, that shows age, doesn't it? Remember those? Printing those things out and trying to follow that thing while you're driving? That was safe, wasn't it? God gives changes in direction or it seems like a change to us. And if we're not listening as well as looking, we could miss The change. And here's the key. It's still God's plan. The wise men through verse 11. We're going to head back the same way. Verse 12. Because of what God showed them. They went back a different way. And it was all still in God's plan. We have a tendency as the years pile up. To forget about how God changed some things in the past and think that it should always stay the way it is. Now there's comfort when things stay the same. When I was growing up and went to my grandpa and grandma Owen's house, there were always four glass jars by the back door at the farmhouse. One of them always had cashews in them because my grandpa loved cashews. One of them always had chocolate stars in them. I think because grandma loved chocolate stars. The other two would rotate different candies. I had awesome grandparents. (laughs) Because at grandma and grandpa's house, we were allowed to go into that jar on our own without asking mom and dad. I realize now that probably drove my mom and dad crazy. But the one thing I could always count on, besides other things in grandma's house, was those four glass jars were still going to be there was interesting after Grandma died. First time I went back, they were there. Next time I went back, they were there, but they were only half full. The next time I went back, only a couple of them were there. We have to adjust as God adjusts, as he shows us a different direction in his plan. It's still his plan. The... Wise men listened carefully, saw the signs, and went back a different way. We will have to do some things different this year than we did last year. (sighs) It's okay. As we prayerfully make those changes, it's still his plan. Methods must always change. The message better never change. And that's what matters most. Lesson number three. Persevere. When and where God leads. Wherever God leads and when God leads, persevere. All 12 verses show us that. I mean, when they first showed up, they said, we've been following this star. And we know it had been for a while, as history shows us. They were following it, not giving up. And the star was no longer visible to them. It was probably still there, just not in their sight. And so they stopped. They continued to seek and to search because they knew what God's desire was, what his will was. And when they couldn't see clearly, they continued to do what God called them to do. Now that was a big obstacle, but here's a truth about following God, about living life. That is, obstacles will appear in your path, even when you're doing God's will. Obstacles will appear. Jesus had Judas in his 12. Oh, he knew the others didn't. There are all kinds of times that obstacles come up, and we erroneously sometimes think just because there's an obstacle, we must be going the wrong way. That might be true. Stop, pray, seek what God has, but don't always assume that an obstacle means you're going the wrong way. An obstacle may be an obstacle. It may be an obstacle because someone doing things against God's plan put it there. That an obstacle might be there because you're going down the wrong path. But it doesn't necessarily mean you should stop. Obstacles are likely to appear. It's Okay, God is still God. To persevere, habits help. Well, let me correct that. To persevere, the right habits help. Habits get a bad rap. Have you noticed that? Everybody else talks about breaking habits. There are a lot of good habits. Habits. I've mentioned it before. I'm grateful that most of you have the habit of brushing your teeth and bathing occasionally and washing your hair and your clothes. And There are a lot of good habits. When our kids were growing up, uh, we made sure they had the habit of going to school. You know what? Sometimes they didn't want to. It didn't really matter. They were going. It was the right thing. We need to make sure... That we recognize and persevere when God's will gets tested. When there are obstacles in the way and the right habits will help you do that. If you have the habit of looking in God's word, reading God's word, you're going to do it even when things are difficult. If you don't have that habit, you're not about to start when things are difficult. Or when things are good. There's a saying that says sometimes God or Satan makes things easy for us because when things are easy, we don't depend on God. Either direction, you need to keep depending on him. You need to seek his will and persevere even in the difficult times. The wise men could no longer see the star, but they didn't give up their search. Which leads me to lesson number four. This might be the hardest one for some of us. Ask questions. It's not hard for a toddler. Have you noticed that? They can ask question upon question upon question. Why? 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 Now we get tired of that. But I think they're onto something that we lose as we get older. Thinking we already know why. But I think we need to add something to the why when we're asking God questions. We also need to ask how. Because I may not understand why, but if I know how, I can continue to do God's will. We need to ask questions when there are doubts. We need to ask questions when those obstacles uh, appear. I love it. Verse 2, you know, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They asked this of Herod. That doesn't seem wise. And yet they're wise men. But they asked Herod, where is the king of the Jews? We've come to worship him. They were asking questions. Asking questions is not a weakness. It is wisdom. If you don't know, ask. How many times do we get in trouble? Because we don't want to appear weak or dumb. So we don't ask. And then we do something dumb that leads to weakness. I've coached a whole bunch of different sports through the years, and the most intriguing challenge was when I began to coach volleyball, because I never played volleyball. My daughters did. I, my son even did some in college, and I had told the, the coach at the school in the town where I was pastoring, hey, if you ever need help, just, you know, somebody to toss balls, you know, gather stuff, you know, be a just a body somewhere i'd be happy to help she was attending our church and she came and said i need a i need a junior varsity coach an assistant coach would you do it i go that's not what i told you i would do i told you i would help she goes well this would help (laughs) i said i've never coached this she said i'll teach you i said if you're okay with it the athletic i'll give it a shot I am so glad there were no cameras rolling the first few practices. She's teaching basic skills so the girls were all facing her as she's having them do things. I'm behind the girls doing all those things because I had never done them before. But if I hadn't been willing to do that, my team would have been terrible. We need to ask questions. When you don't know, ask. God's got the answer. When you don't know, ask in the word. It's here. When you're not sure, ask. Even if you know you should already know, ask. How many times have you not asked somebody their name because you go, they've told me their name three times, but I can't remember it. I'm going to look stupid if I ask them their name again. You know what? You still don't know their name. Just admit it. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Tell me your name again. I mean, you're going to keep working at work doing that. I don't know if this is right or not, but I don't want to ask. I'll look dumb. No. One of the wisest lessons we can learn is to ask questions, it's wisdom, not weakness. We can also learn this lesson. From the wise men and many in scripture. That is follow God's word and God's will. Well duh pastor. Yeah it's so simple and yet we don't do it. Follow his word. That's why I urge you constantly read the word. Be in the word. You can't follow it if you don't know it. Follow his word and his will. If I don't know his word it's hard to distinguish his will. If I'm not asking, I won't know his will. If I'm not listening, I won't know his will. If I'm not looking, I'm not gonna know his will. I need to follow God's word and his will. I love this, verses nine through 12. After listening to the king, they went on their way. Behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them. It showed up again and they followed it right to Jesus. Now, I want you to understand, it's not because Herod knew. It's because Herod asked someone who knew. Now, I I mentioned during our Christmas series, one of the saddest things is the fact that those scribes and, and teachers of the law that Herod asked, where is Christ to be born? They knew. They knew the word, but they certainly weren't following it. It's not enough just to know it. We must follow it. Take that next right step. Whatever it is, however small it may be, and in whatever direction it leads you, follow his word and his will. And then lastly, a lesson to learn from the wise men is celebrate and worship. Celebrate. And worship. Verse 2. They said here's our intention. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose. And have come to worship him. Verse 10. When they saw the star. They rejoiced exceedingly. With great joy. Going into the house. They saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and. Worshipped him. They celebrated And they worship. Do you realize you can do both at the same time? Worship is powerful. Worship is not sitting and listening. Worship is participating. Worship can happen on your own. In fact, it needs to. The best thing you can do to improve our worship on Sundays is make sure you're worshiping during the week. Amen. Good preaching because the more i've worshiped during the week the better i worship when we gather imagine we've all worshiped during the week and we now come and bump into each other and just multiply all of that during the height of the promise keepers movement the men's ministry when they would gather in stadiums and there there would be you know 30 to 60,000 together one of the most powerful things was to gather, look in the Word together, sing together, share and pray together. The volume was amazing. I doubt if it was all on pitch because I was participating. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't all on pitch. But it was so awesome. Every time I went to one of those, the group that would come home that next Sunday, we would have great service. And it was amazing. One time one of the guys said, man, pastor, why does that happen? I said, well, and I I think I refrained from saying, well, duh, but uh, I can't guarantee that. But what I said is we were ready. We'd already been worshiping all weekend. Our hearts were ready. We've been called to worship him. Go to Matthew 28, the great commission that says when the the disciples saw Jesus, when they came together, they worshiped him. One of our number one tasks is to worship him. In whatever way we do it, in whatever style we do it, and we are not all the same. We must make it our purpose to worship him. And to celebrate because he's worth celebrating. The cross and the tomb are both empty. So's the manger. We have reason to celebrate, which should prompt our worship. But if we're going to celebrate and if we're going to worship, if we're going to make that our purpose, we must pursue it. Pursue worship. And you know what? What we do on Sundays may not be your style and you might grumble and complain and walk out and go, I, I'm tempted not to go back because they're not doing it my way. Guess what? Go home and do it your way. Gotta love me to get to heaven. That's what I do. All week. Because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about him in whatever way we do it. The only way we do it wrong is if it's not about him. If it calls attention to us, it's wrong. If it calls attention to him, it's right. We've got to pursue it and we must participate in it. Worship isn't worship unless you participate. Maybe you can't sing, but you can participate in your heart. One of the things I worry about in those who are doing online only, I realize sometimes they can't get out and and I'm glad that we're able to do it through the technology. I'm glad we're able to do it to reach some people who are curious. But one of my fears is that people are just going to sit and make it like another show. That they watch instead of participate. My thing is, If you're watching at home, sing with us. If you're watching at home, pray with us. If you're watching at home, get in the word yourself. If you're watching at home, give. (laughs) It's a part of worship. It's not something we do to pay the bills. It's one of the ways we do it. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to worship. So let me ask you, what do you need to pursue this year? What is God directing you to that it's time to start doing it? What habit do you need to begin or what habit do you need to stop? So that you can do what God is calling you and us to do. Don't you think it's time? It's time. To have a wise new year. What is that going to take for you and for us? Father, thank you (laughs) for this moment. Thank you for this body of believers who have been so faithful through the years has story upon story of changed lives. And Lord, may those stories multiply this year. May we learn the lessons we need to learn from the wise men to have a much wiser year this year than even last year. Lord, stir our hearts to what stirs you. Direct us to where you're already going Give us courage in the face of obstacles. Give us wisdom as it looks like a change of plans. And Lord, may we be known for how we celebrate and how we worship. Because you are worthy. It's time. So Lord, as we go from this place May we go together in spirit, may we go together in purpose, and may we participate in your will wherever it leads. In Jesus' name, I pray and plead for these things. Amen.